Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about primary biliary cirrhosis. If you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerotofinals.com slash primary biliary cirrhosis or in the gastroenterology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. Let's get straight into it. Let's start with some basic pathophysiology. Primary biliary cirrhosis is a condition where the immune system attacks the small bile ducts in the liver and the first parts to be affected are the intraloba ducts also known as the canals of herring. This causes obstruction of the outflow of bile which is a process called cholestasis so bile can't flow from the liver down the bile duct and into the gut. The back pressure of the bile obstruction and the overall disease process ultimately leads to fibrosis cirrhosis and liver failure. Bile acids, bilirubin and cholesterol are normally excreted in the bile, through the bile ducts and into the intestines. When there's an obstruction of the outflow of these chemicals they build up in the blood as they're not being excreted. The bile acids cause itching, the bilirubin causes that yellow discoloration of the skin that we call jaundice and the raised cholesterol causes cholesterol deposits in the skin, which is what we call exanthelasma. And remember that exanthomas are large nodular deposits in the skin or the tendons, which is the same disease process where cholesterol is being deposited in the skin because there's an excess amount in the blood. And the blood vessels also get clogged up with cholesterol and this causes an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. Bile acids are normally responsible for helping the gut to digest fats. So having a lack of bile in the gut causes gastrointestinal disturbances, malabsorption of fats and greasy stools because that fat is just passing straight through instead of being digested properly. Bilirubin is normally responsible for the dark colour of the stools. So a lack of bilirubin causes pale stools. So what you get when you have cholestasis or a lack of movement of bile through the bile ducts is you get greasy, light-coloured stools and a jaundice. So how do patients present? Well, they present with fatigue, pruritus, which is itching, GI disturbance and abdominal pain. They can present with jaundice, pale stools, greasy stools, exanthoma and exanthelasma. And in the later stages of the disease, they can present with signs of cirrhosis and liver failure, such as ascites, splenomegaly, spider nevi, and so on. It's got a few associations which you need to spot in your MCQs in your exams. One of the associations is middle-aged women. Another association is other autoimmune conditions, particularly things like thyroid disease and celiac disease. And then rheumatological conditions like systemic sclerosis, Sjogren's syndrome and rheumatoid arthritis are also associated. How do you establish a diagnosis? Well, you start to suspect it if liver function tests show a raised ALP or alkaline phosphatase. And this is the first liver enzyme that tends to be raised in the condition as it's the most associated with obstructive liver pathology. The other liver enzymes and bilirubin are raised later on in the condition. There's two autoantibodies that you need to remember that are associated with primary biliary cirrhosis. The first is anti-mitochondrial antibodies, 
and these are the most specific to primary biliary cirrhosis, and they actually form part of the diagnostic criteria. The second autoantibody is anti-nuclear antibodies, and these are found in about 35% of patients who have the condition, but they're a lot less specific and they appear in other autoimmune conditions as well. ESR, or erythrocyte sedimentation rate, is also raised, and IgM immunoglobulins can also be raised. Liver biopsy is used to diagnose the condition and is also used to stage the disease. And let's talk about treatment. Ursodeoxycholic acid, which is often referred to as urso, reduces the intestinal absorption of cholesterol. Another medication is also used in the condition called cholesteramine, and this is a bile acid sequestrate that's used to bind to bile acids in the gut and prevent their absorption. And it can help with pruritus, which is due to the raised bile acids. Once the liver starts to fail and you get to end-stage liver disease, then liver transplantation is an option. And immunosuppression, with things like steroids, is considered in some patients to slow the progress of the disease. Which brings us on to the disease progression. The disease course and symptoms vary significantly, so some people can live decades with the condition without having significant symptoms. The most important end results of the disease are advanced liver cirrhosis and portal hypertension and these are the situations in which you would consider a liver transplant. Some of the other issues that patients can develop or complications, they can have a really bad symptomatic itch or pruritus, they can get quite significant fatigue, they get steatorrhea or greasy stools which is due to the lack of the bile salts to digest the fats, they can develop distal renal tubular acidosis, hypothyroidism is quite often associated, osteoporosis, so thinning and weakening of the bones, and in any cause of liver cirrhosis, there's always the risk of hepatocellular carcinoma. So thanks for listening to this episode on primary biliary cirrhosis. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your colleagues and your friends to help them out with their revision too. And if you want to help me out, I'd love it if you could leave me a rating or a review on iTunes or whichever podcast app that you use. And tune in for the next episode, which will be on primary sclerosing cholangitis.